This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hi guys, welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today we're going to be doing a special episode in which we answer listener questions. Thank you so much to those of you who've reached out. We've received emails and some Facebook messages with questions and thoughts about the show and that means so much to us. It really keeps us going and it's humbling to know that you appreciate what we're doing and we love the fact that you're asking us questions so that we know how to better provide content that will be applicable to your life. Me and Trisha get very giddy whenever we get any of this mail, so you're making our day, and hopefully we're making your day when we answer it. Yes. So our first question has to do with navigating a an issue in a friendship. Before I read the question and before we start discussing the answer, we just want to give you all a heads up that next week we will be releasing the first episode in our friendship series. Our friendship series will go through the different stages of friendships from the very beginning of talking to strangers and meeting people in general to how to end a friendship. Given that ending a friendship when necessary will probably be the last episode in the series and it won't come out for at least a few weeks, and that's what this question deals with, we wanted to go ahead and provide some insight to this question right now, but just know that we will really unpack these sorts of issues during the friendship series. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's our first question. It says, Hi, Molly and Trisha. I have this best friend that thrives on positive external validation to the point where she is more of a taker than a giver. This didn't used to bother me, but now it does. I've started taking longer to respond and cutting back on how much I spend, how much time I spend with her. But she still sends me texts and Snapchats daily and wants to hang out at least once a week. When we talk or hang out, I feel like I don't get much benefit from either. My question is, without abruptly ending the friendship, how do I change this dynamic when when I've let it continue on for so long? It's a really good question and something that's so important. And so first of all, we have to commend this listener for being so self-aware of the fact that she's observing her own reactions to the situation and noticing I'm taking longer to respond. I'm just kind of trying to wean her, wean off of her. And obviously we don't want to ghost a friend. We don't want to just let a friendship fizzle out if it's something that's important and meaningful to us for both parties sake. When you do something like that, when you look back, usually people feel a lot of regret knowing that they could have tried harder. And so awesome good work for noticing these things and really making an effort to put in the work that it takes to restore this friendship. Mm -hmm. So the advice me and Trisha kind of developed was definitely first talking to her. Like, don't ghost. (laughs) If you need any more advice than that, we made a whole episode about it. And I'm the biggest um, proponent of not ghosting, regardless of romantic or just friendship relationships. So definitely... I think not ghosting and just talking to her, sitting her down, setting up a time to talk, um, kind of like you would when you're having a serious talk with a romantic partner, right? But like letting them know like, hey, I need to talk to you about something and then kind of coming forth with those specific examples of what you feel like is happening in your relationship. And it's really important that when you do enter this conversation, you are coming at it from a non-accusatory standpoint 
you never want to go into a conversation where you make the other person feel attacked and blame them and say, you've been doing this and it's making me feel this way. You, 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 you want to start with, I personally would recommend starting with asking them why they're doing those things and try to hear their side of the story first. So you want to give your friend space to explain where she's coming from. She may or may not even be aware that she's doing the things that you're talking about. So really pointing out, hey, so I've noticed you do X, Y, Z. Just curious where that's coming from. See how she reacts. And then you can explain, I'm bringing this up because sometimes when that happens, I feel this way. And I worry that if it continues on this path, then our friendship is going to be jeopardized. And I really care about you as a person, so I want to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think what's really important, like you said, Trisha, is stating the how, stating the I feel statements, mm-hmm. because the only thing you can control in anything is your feelings. Um, you can't control how she's acting, but you can be aware and control your feelings. So being able to state like, oh, this is how I feel. I don't know if you can control your control. feelings. You can control yeah, your actions. Taking that back. <laughs> yes. Not control, but I mean, I guess the only thing you can really report on mm-hmm. truly, right? I think that's a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, so taking that back, wording back, you can't control your feelings, but you are. that's the one truth you have is how you're feeling, and you know that to be true. Yeah, and you definitely want to use specific examples. If you go into it really general and vague, say, oh, I feel like we're growing apart, that's not really going to be helpful for her to understand what she's doing wrong. She might even come back with that, like, okay, let's hang out more. And that's the exact opposite of what you want to do, right? Or, yeah, it happened to me once where I was trying to talk to a friend about something she was doing that was not, I didn't feel it was healthy for our relationship. And she countered everything I said with, well, you do blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, that's not what I, she would ignore what I had said about what she was doing. And she turned it straight back around on me, totally changing the subject. And so I had to do everything I possibly could to make sure she didn't feel attacked and she didn't get defensive. In that case, like, there was nothing I could do. I tried everything I possibly could, and I, it, she wasn't receptive to what I had to say. Hopefully, in your case, that will be different and your friend will be receptive. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are giving her specific examples, letting her explain herself, letting her feel that you really do care about the friendship and you're not just saying, you're doing this, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. Because there's a reason you started the friendship with her, whether it be, like, long-term friends from childhood or you guys have just formed a deep bond. Like, there's a reason you're in a friendship, Mm -hmm. so... But... Giving her that space to explain herself is important. Yeah, there is a reason, but it's also important to keep in mind that as we go through life, we all change and evolve and grow, and sometimes we outgrow people or we evolve at a different pace than someone else. So it could be that you're at a different stage mentally and emotionally, and she's not there yet. And so you never know. Having this conversation could be a wake-up call for her to say, whoa, I need to change some things in my life, or I need to figure out my own mental health and emotional stability. I mean, I have no idea what the, the details of this relationship, but something things like that do happen, and they've happened to me for sure when it's just a matter of someone pointing out something to me And then it causes me to reflect and I grow from that. So this could be a really good opportunity for your friend to 
learn about herself and grow along with you so that it's not you two growing in two separate directions, but you're growing together and strengthening your bond. Mm -hmm. And then there is that time when, you know, like say things just, you can tell they're not going to work out. You guys just aren't on the same page with it. And that's also very okay. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to know your boundaries at that point and know what you need in your own life. And it's okay to end the friendship. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something important to remember. Like, you don't have to keep doing this thing just because, well, we've been friends for so long, so, like, it'll be fine. I think it's important to know it's it's all right to end the friendship. Yeah. And keeping, I mean, keeping the door open maybe in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like Trisha said, you everyone evolves, so maybe if you guys run into each other in the future, like, maybe she might be a whole different evolved, um, not person, but, like, she might have evolved in ways that could make your friendship stronger so if you do need to end the friendship you can yeah and that's okay I think a lot of people are afraid of that but it does have to happen sometimes unfortunately but one thing you mentioned Molly that I just want to elaborate on you'd mentioned boundaries if you are gonna stick it out and put in the work which I encourage you to do definitely don't end a friendship just because there's some work involved you definitely want to at the end of the day make sure if you sit down and ask yourself, did I do everything in my power to make this friendship work? And the answer is yes, then it might be time to move on. But until that point, I don't think you should just shut the door because it's difficult. So what Molly said about boundaries is you want to first, before even talking to her, know what your boundaries are. You mentioned that she is can sometimes be more of a taker than a giver. So you need to know what exactly it is you want and need from this friendship, what actions of hers you are willing to accept, which taking, quote unquote, taking actions of hers you're willing to accept, and what you want from her to make it an ideal situation. Once you are very clear and specific with yourself about what those boundaries are and what your expectations are, then communicate that to her. Again, being vague in general isn't going to help much because she's probably not even aware that this is going on. She might be. She might have some sense, but it's really going to be helpful for her if you make it clear. Because if you're not clear with your expectations and your boundaries, if she oversteps a boundary, it's not really her fault because she didn't know. And so, and that's true for any relationship. You want to make sure that you communicate what you're okay with and what you're not. And then if she crosses those boundaries a certain number of times, then you can reevaluate from there. But give her a chance to please you and to meet your expectations by communicating exactly what it is you're wanting. Mm -hmm. And I think something else important to note is this is, this all feels so weird mm-hmm. because you think of these kind of breakup situations only with romantic partners, but it's it's with any type of relationship. So taking the same kind of effort and thought and time and communicating your boundaries and all those things that you would do in a romantic partnership is the same kind of thing you have to do in a friendship as well. Yeah, and if you're not ready to end it, which it doesn't seem like you are, keep the forward momentum going by giving her suggestions for solutions and things you can do to repair your friendship If you feel like your friendship has gotten to a shallow place, maybe encourage more deep discussions and open the subject for different conversations that maybe you haven't had in a while. Really think about the things that used to connect you to more and turn back to those places. Yeah. I really hope that it works out for you too. Please keep us posted on how it goes. 
if you yeah we would love that. if anyone listening has a similar experience or thoughts and suggestions we would love to hear from you as well as mentioned we will be doing an entire episode on ending a friendship when necessary and probably also navigating conflict and friendships but we just wanted to go ahead and touch on this topic mm-hmm all right, so we had another listener question. Mm-hmm. Trisha, if you want to go ahead and read this one. Yes, ma'am. It's on a different, totally different plane, so changing topics completely. <laughs> so someone reached out to us, and they expressed a difficulty transitioning between conversation amongst peers to a more professional corporate style. So we all know that the way we talk with our friends is probably going to be different from the way we talk to our coworkers or our boss or in a professional setting. Now, a lot of people are friends at work, have friends at work, and that's totally fine. It may be that with time, you have a really social and comfortable, laid-back, conversational style even at work, but it's super important to be able to turn on that more professional style of communication. And I think... Um, something that I find really important that might come naturally to some people, but other times might not, Mm -hmm. is just reading that environment you're in. Mm -hmm. Like, my workspace, I have five other women that work with me. Sometimes our boss is in the room, sometimes they're not, but it's still a very casual work environment where we can still talk about personal things. We don't cuss very much or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but it is a very laid back environment but then on Tuesdays we have our staff meeting where it's a little bit more serious and we have to switch our communication style to lend itself better to that environment that we've now placed ourselves in and knowing that is important Mm -hmm. and just knowing the time to switch those communication styles is the first step I think yeah and I think what's hard for a lot of people and just kind of off-putting when we think about having to speak in a professional setting is it can feel stifled sometimes and you feel like oh gosh now I can't be myself I have to be this super polished professional person and it feels awkward and uncomfortable and I hate this but it doesn't have to be you can be professional and still be fun you can still have your personality while being in a corporate setting it's just a matter of probably if you're someone who tends to be really loud and out there and maybe inappropriate at times with your friends, toning it down at work, but you can still be yourself. You can still make jokes. It's just a matter of, like Molly said, reading the environment and knowing that certain jokes probably aren't going to come across in a professional way. And you do want to have a certain sense of balance with what you're doing you don't want to be too out there because that might be off-putting to whoever you're speaking with and it can feel stifling too but I think as long as you know that you're allowed to have inject a little personality into it it can feel less restrictive Mm -hmm. and I think a point on the environment piece is when you first start any job at least this is what I do is I'm pretty quiet at first because I'm just observing what is this work environment like what is their lunchtime like? What is their, what are their meetings like? What are the, um, what is the dynamic in the one-on-one meetings? Like kind of reading that first and gathering information and then feeling out like how much of my, 
you know, humor can I add that's going to make people feel comfortable? And it is important to make people feel comfortable because this is your job where you get your money and (laughs) where you spend 40 plus hours a week. That is so huge. And I feel like it's that way with dress code too. Like whenever I start a new job, I like for the first week, I never know how to dress and then I just watch everyone and see what's okay. But conversation style is the same way. So what I would recommend as a more practical action step is when you're in a situation where you know you have to be more professional and you're not exactly sure what the environment is like or you don't know the audience as well, start by really just being mindful of the way that you're speaking and slowing down. If you speak slowly enough that you can filter what you're saying, you're less likely to talk to them like you would talk to your friends. And it's not usually appropriate to talk to in professional corporate settings the same way you would talk to your friends. So it's really a matter of just turning it on and off, knowing that turning the professional style on does not mean not being yourself. It is still you. It's just professional you. And that's okay. We all have different sides to our personality and we all should. Mm -hmm. And I think also knowing yourself well enough to know if that's something you can do. Like, knowing me, I don't know if I would be able to work in, like, a corporate business suit and tie type of place because that makes me feel so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. having to filter myself so much. So I don't put myself in those – I don't have that kind of job. Yeah, I think – I think that's – it's harder to kind of, like, (laughs) control – But, like, reading the, like, workplace environment is important. Like, that's why some people only work at startups, because they feel like they need that kind of more chill environment. That's true. So when you first started saying that, I was like, "Mm, well, people can't exactly just go and change their job. But really, if you're so uncomfortable in your setting, then maybe it's a matter of reevaluating, why am I in the setting? Am I a good fit for it? And if you feel like this is really a big struggle to communicate well in your work environment... It could be that it's not the right environment for you. However, I think there is always a way that you can adapt. And it's kind of like with the friendship example, you want to, before up and leaving your job because it's uncomfortable, you want to say, did I do everything in my power to make my conversational style appropriate and meet their needs? Definitely, 100%. So one little example I have from... When I worked in not a corporate setting at all, I was a teenager working in a vintage toy store, and it was super casual. It was a very touristy area, and I, a group of middle-aged women walked into the store, and being my, I think, 17-year-old self, I said, hey guys, how's it going? Or like, welcome to the shop. And my boss, who was a middle-aged man, pulled me to the side and said, Trisha, you really shouldn't call them guys. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, to me, I had never heard that. I didn't know that, that was even a thing, that it matters. He's like, those are all women, so you don't call them guys. And so that was something that I just had to learn. Like, they didn't tell me when I first started working there, don't say, hey, guys, to women. I just said that because it was casual and easy for me, and it seemed like a casual environment. So some of this is also a learning experience. And it comes with time as you get to know your work environment and the setting and the people that you're with, and you'll have a better understanding of how to do it. But in order to going back to the main question, in order to code switch or switch between professional and social situations, I would say really just slow down and pay attention to what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. And pay attention to that environment. And their reaction. So if you're saying something and you see <clears throat> a bad reaction, then you know not to say it again. But start, I would say, err on the side of caution in the beginning. Yeah. I think that's some good take home for that question. Okay. Question number three. All right. So the third question we got says, I joke about everything. And sometimes it offends people, especially at times when I'm giving constructive criticism. So how do I get through that? So first off, constructive criticism, we will definitely do an episode on that and how to how to give constructive criticism in a way that hopefully won't offend people. But And it'll be a long episode because there's a lot to unpack with that. So much to say, but just giving the service of this, know that that is a really sensitive thing. When you're, anytime you're giving feedback to someone that could be interpreted as negative, despite your best intentions to be constructive, people can get offended. And so if you are trying to make light of the situation by adding humor, that can work. But be really careful because if you're giving someone feedback and you're making a joke about it and they're really sensitive about the thing that you're giving them feedback on, that joke might be really degrading. And realizing it's just a vulnerable state you're putting them in anyway to make them have to go through like a joke that might make them uncomfortable, feel it out. (laughs) So a big part of that is knowing your audience. If you know this person, like if I'm giving criticism to Molly, it's going to be very different than how I might give constructive feedback to an intern that I'm working with that I just met. If you don't know your audience, err on the side of caution. I would say probably don't joke. And if you're joking, make the joke about you or something you did in the past. Maybe you can relate to them and say, oh yeah, I did that once and this is what happened. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. But don't joke about their work. Or the thing that you're criticizing about them. I really like that point because it's making you seem more vulnerable and putting you on the same level as them, which kind of makes the playing field equal, which is always just makes the situation feel more at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you have to be super boring and you can't joke ever, but it's just... Or you don't have to be super self-deprecating either. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just means being mindful of other sensitivities because you don't know how they're feeling. And you know that if you're saying, if you're giving someone negative feedback, it's hard for anyone to handle. And so even though you are have may have the best of intentions with making a joke out of it, sometimes you do just want to go back to point two of what the second question using a more professional style. And it might mean reeling back a little to just give objective facts and be sensitive and package it in a nice and friendly way that we'll of course get into when we expand on this but for now I would say be really careful with joking because especially in that constructive criticism situation it can be offensive to people yep and knowing the word constructive means like building them up is also a huge why the word is why the phrase is that way it's constructive yeah, so you want to be encouraging with what you're saying and not making them feel like you're poking fun at them. Poking fun at them. My guess is the mm-hmm. reason why people would get offended is because they feel like you're making fun of them when they take this seriously. And so you yeah. want to show them like, "Hey, I am serious about this. This is what I think." If it's hard for you not to add any humor, again, make the humor something about yourself or something about something that is not a direct attack on them. Mm-hmm. So a funny, I have a friend who is very clever and witty and funny, 
but she got some feedback from someone recently that was saying, you know, sometimes your jokes really hurt my feelings. And she was really torn up about this because she did not come from it. She did not go at it from a negative place. She was really just trying to be fun and be herself. And then she said, she's like, you know, I just want to be like Ellen, like Ellen DeGeneres. She's so funny and she never puts anyone down. And then I was thinking about it and it's so true. A lot of times I feel like humor is interpreted as something that you have to be making fun of someone else to be funny. And that's so not true. Ellen hardly ever makes fun of people and she's hilarious. And so that's a sign to me of like a good comedian is you're not going for attacking someone's personal, someone's personality or something that they did. You're just funny about anything. And so keep that in mind that you can be funny and not offend people. Mm -hmm. And takes practice. So again, we will definitely unpack that one a bit more much more extensively in our criticism episode. But for now, hopefully that helps. And hopefully you can take those tips with you to work or wherever it is that you're giving people feedback. And thank you guys so much for writing in. Like having your information and questions helps us frame some of our episodes and your questions. I'm sure helping other people who Mm -hmm. wanted to ask these questions are in the same situation, but they just didn't ask. So By asking and emailing, you're helping others too. And I loved doing this episode. I think it's so fun to like specifically answer listener questions. Yeah, and it takes a lot of courage to reach out and to ask these things because these are all really vulnerable things. And so thank you again so much for doing that. If you have a question that you want answered, please email us. You don't have to include your name or anything. We also, if you don't want it talked about on the show, we are happy to just respond in an email or set up maybe a time to talk with you. But if you do want your question answered on the show, we encourage you to let us do that because it really will hopefully help other people. As Molly mentioned, other people are probably thinking the same things. Yeah, and just clarify um, in your emails whether you want that or not. That helps us out a lot. Mm -hmm. We also want to mention that we recently created a secret Facebook group, as many podcasts do, as a place where... People can ask these questions and we can start a more community-based discussion and so we can so that you're learning not only from us but from each other. And you might be able to connect with people who are going through similar situations, hear other people's examples and stories. So if you're interested in joining that, please just find the Lost Art of Communication Secret Facebook group. That's what it's called. And send us a request to join and If we like you, we'll accept you. I'm just kidding. We'll accept you no matter who you are. (laughs) I'm sure we'll like you. And and we would love to expand on these topics. Thanks, guys, so much. Um, And just like Trisha said, the Facebook group we have, we also have an Instagram page, Lost Art of Communication. And we would really love um, reviews and um, ratings on iTunes and Spotify. It helps us out so much, and it gets us kind of – gives us motivation to keep on going with this so yes we appreciate it or email us last of communication at gmail.com and thank you so much for listening thank you especially to those who submitted these questions we hope sincerely that this episode helped all right guys we'll see you next week for our friendship series kicking off thanks bye